0: Good morning, Storyline. So good to be together. Can we have a hand for our band again? They're just so <laughs> good. Just wait. You're just, you haven't seen anything yet. So, so good. So, I am um, not a pet person, and, um, but as I prepared for this week, I quickly figured out that a lot of people really are and uh, I was searching for cute videos like this. I put cute animal videos into YouTube and discovered there are thousands and thousands of these videos on YouTube, right? And they aren't like 10 seconds. They're 10, 20, 30 minutes long. Millions of views on these things. And so clearly I have missed the boat on this thing. I've only had one pet in my life. And I had him, I you guys feel so bad for me, don't you? I know, it's so pitiful. Explains a lot, doesn't it, right? I've only had one pet in my life, had him for one day. There's a story there, right? His name was Peanut the Kitten, and I must have been about six or seven years old. And my sister and I were so excited. Unfortunately, Peanut was excited as well, and he had an accident on the carpet. And so the next day I came home from school to find that Peanut had Run away. <laughs> wow. I know, so tragic, right? I, I'm six years old, right? I'm seven years old. I didn't think anything of it at all. Like, this kitten who could barely walk just got away from us. So, anyway, I grew up without pets. Now, I hesitate to even bring this up because, you know, our society is so divided and so contentious right now. But apparently there's also this massive divide of, between dog people and cat people um, that I'm becoming aware of as well. Jeez, my goodness, don't even don't even YouTube that. I promise you you don't want to do that. But I did find a quote about pets, and this should this should not be interpreted in any way as to which side I am on with dogs and cats, okay? But I resonated with this quote. For some reason, I'm not sure what. Here's what it said. Women and cats will do as they please, and men and dogs should relax and get used to the idea. <laughs> I don't know why that just hit me, but uh, <laughs> So because I'm not an animal person, I've always struggled with certain analogies. You know, we use analogies to, about animals, from eagle eyes and things like that to you know, a, a bunch of different analogies. and, and So I've, I've struggled with these sometimes because I've not been around animals a lot. For instance, it was not uncommon for me when I was growing up for a coach to say something like, you gotta have some dog in you. You know, or, or when it was crunch time, they'd call a huddle together, it's like, it's time to let the dogs out. And I always wondered what having bad breath and pooping in the yard had to do with playing better, but it seemed to fire up my teammates, so whatever, okay? And Jesus was always using analogies and metaphors as well. He was using them to try to describe God and his love for us, And he compared God to a father, a maker, a king, a potter, a shield, a fortress. The list is long. But in the passage that our read through the book of John has brought us to this morning in John chapter 10, he uses another analogy, this time using animals. And he says that we, human beings, are like sheep and that he is the good shepherd. Now, he really goes uh, into this quite a bit, uh, lots of detail in this, in this metaphor that he spins in this chapter, making a number of comparisons about a human, the human condition and sheep and the nature of God to himself and, and, and to God and, and to a shepherd. So when we think about God, we tend to think about All kinds of things, right? Like if I ask you, what do you think about when you think about God? There's all kinds of things that uh, people might uh, describe him like. But often, it's one of the things I've noticed is that people talk about like a force or this figure or this supernatural existence that's way out there. Like cold maybe, distant. And if involved at all in our real lives, it's in super confusing, conflicting, unpredictable ways. Sometimes, maybe even, some people might describe it as cruel or indifferent. And we tend to think of religion like the things that we have to do to get to God or to please or appease God. Um, We tend to think of that as like spiritual concepts that we have to believe, rituals that we have to observe, and rules that we have to keep. And so this image of God and that image of religion creates quite a picture, really. And it's not really a good one. It's kind of like God has left us high and dry here in life just to fend for ourselves. And that's, that's not good. Because as one writer said, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. Now, if that's true, then Jesus pro- proclaiming that he is the good shepherd is really important because he is clearly trying to change our image of God. Like what we think when we think about God. And as it turns out, according to Jesus, God is not a cold and distant impersonal force. In fact, he wants a personal relationship with us, he wants to be part of our real everyday lives. And so the relationship that Jesus used to try and paint that picture, or at least one of the relationships that he used, was that of a shepherd with his sheep. Not something that actually we're probably all that familiar with in our time and place. But in that day, in his time, this would have been as common as a dog person with a dog or a a cat person with a cat. These are scenes that we see all the time, okay? So in fact, the Bible, it was so common back then, sheep and shepherd, that the Bible talks about sheep more than it talks about any other animal. And for those of you who like to keep score at home, cattle are mentioned 131 times in the Bible. Dogs, 41 times. Eagles, 26 times. And I want you to guess, how many times the Bible mentions cats. ready? Zero. Zero. I'm sorry, cat people. And I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying cats are not in the Bible. I think it's pretty clear that God regrets making cats. I'm I'm kidding. I don't know what that means. Throwing a bone to my dog people there, right? But here's the thing. Sheep and shepherds There in the Bible, 500 times. It's like every other page, sheep and shepherd. Here we go. Now, apparently, this relationship tells us a lot about the human condition and the nature of God. See, that is what I want to kind of get at today. What can we learn about the human condition and the nature of God by looking at this analogy of Jesus saying, I'm the good shepherd and, and we are sheep. Well, the first thing that I think that we need to just acknowledge is that sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. There are, there are other kinds of animals that roam freely throughout the earth, like wild dogs, wild horses, wild boars, wild bears. I'm, just last week, Mike and Dylan Cook ran across a ferocious bear in the wild while camping. Very, very scary. You know, to hear them tell the story, they barely made it out alive. Patrick, I think we have a picture of this monster they ran into, do you have that? Yeah, there it is. I don't know how they did it, but they got out alive. Anyway, there there are all kinds of wild animals, all kinds of wild animals, and wild stories about wild animals, but there is no such thing as a wild sheep. not for long anyway there's no such thing because sheep need guidance sheep need protection sheep tend to make bad decisions and sheep left on their own don't survive very long thus no wild sheep And, and what Jesus is telling us here is we're kind of that way that's us in fact in the Old Testament the prophet Isaiah put it like this when describing humanity We all, like sheep, have gone astray. You put a flock of sheep in a pasture and they will eat everything. There will be nothing left at all. In fact, my good friends Dewey and Marilyn Neal, they bought a place in Georgia and Marilyn was telling me that they had some poison ivy growing up in their backyard. And so they rented, this is true, they rented sheep who came in and ate everything including the poison ivy and then they that's how they controlled it. Sheep will eat everything, nothing left, and then they'll just stay there they will actually end up starving to death because it will never occur to them to move on to greener pastures. They have to be made to go to greener pastures. A few years ago, in fact, in a Turkish village, there was a flock of sheep whose shepherd wasn't paying attention, and one of the sheep wandered over a cliff. True. Guess what? The rest of them just followed. They found the entire flock dead at the bottom of this cliff. Not one of them stopped to think, you know, no one's coming back from that path. This is not a good idea, right? And we can kind of be that way too. And look, it's easy enough to see this in teenagers, but it's true for adults as well. We often just go along with the crowd. We live hurried, overfull, rushed, stressed out lives with no margins. Why is that? Well, that's just everybody else is doing. I guess I'll do that too. You know, Or, you know, I'm just going to be a slave to what other people think about me. That's all I'm going to worry about. That's all, that's all I'm going to think about. Or succumb to the pressure of, I'm going to pick a side in every single debate we have going on in our society. There's no room for nuance, no room for moderation or middle ground. Well, everyone else seems to be doing it, so I guess I've got to pick a side too. Or neglect what matters most, lose perspective on what's really important, sure, I'll go over that cliff. I mean what could go wrong we all do it we're all heavily influenced by the flock we all need a shepherd this is how the bible describes jesus's reaction to our situation when jesus saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and look this i know this is a shot to our ego i know but the truth is everyone needs a shepherd we need guidance we need provision we need protection in fact we may not see it or acknowledge it and we certainly are slow to admit it but we all already have a shepherd Our shepherd is whatever or whoever we are trusting in or counting on in life to take care of us, to watch out for us, to provide for us, to secure our today and our tomorrow. It might be our own hard work and ingenuity, our talent. It could be our bank account. It could be this or that political party. Maybe it's a certain relationship or our career or our retirement plans. It could be how we look or what people think about us. For many people, it's their religion is is their shepherd. And they think, look, I'm right about my theology. I didn't do any naughty things today. I've kept my end of the deal, and now God is He's roped into this deal. Like he, now He has to take care of me. And these are all different paths. Over the same cliff. Sometimes following them seems like, Oh look, we're getting somewhere. Until we just follow one another right over the edge. Harassed and helpless. really does about sum it up. And this is why Jesus claiming to be the good shepherd would have been a very powerful analogy for the people of his time and his place. Today, really the closest we can get to this is We've all probably, or if you think about it, you've seen or heard of a school or a hospital that's called Good Shepherd. And where do they get that name? They're hearkening back to this analogy that Jesus used. And, he, and, and they're saying, we are an institution that is trying to live out Jesus' mission to nurture people, to teach people, to heal people, to guide people. Because... As it turns out, God is not some super, just this supernatural, distant, cold force. God is a person. God is a person. Not a force, not a judge, not a cold, dark, hidden figure, but a certain kind of very kind, nurturing, attentive person, like a very good, And good shepherds lead their flock in certain ways. And it's by establishing a very tight and personal relationship with each one of them individually. They, They all have names. And with all of them together as a flock. This is how Jesus put it. The sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name And leads them out. He goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him. Because they know his voice. They will never follow. A stranger. I had no idea that was going to happen. That is so cool isn't it? Shepherds have that kind of relationship with their flock, with their sheep. Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And the question for us is, how do we know the voice of God? And this is precisely where I think too many traditions can at times get way too detailed, like too prescriptive and too specific about how we learn to to hear the voice of God. And let me be clear, it's not because any of those traditions or um, approaches, what they're recommending is wrong, but I would, I would offer this suggestion that maybe what they're, if, if they're saying it's just one of these three ways that you can hear the voice of God, is that it's just insufficient. It's insufficient. Because we're all different. We're all different. How do we listen for and learn to know the voice of God? In our life. Now down through the ages people have been very sincere about about this and they've discovered certain practices like fundamentals that seem to work for a lot of people. And I know what that's like when the fundamentals work for a lot of people. So I've coached basketball for many many years and this summer after a seven-year break I decided to dip my toe in the water and start coaching basketball a little bit again. So this is the first time I'm publicly announcing this, okay, so, and I don't know if this is official yet or on any websites, but you are looking at the assistant to the assistant for the boys' freshman basketball coach at Lakeshore High School this year. I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a tough gig to get, believe me. <laughs> long line real long line so anyways I've been going to these practices this summer it's been so fun to get back in the gym and I have been blown away by coach Thomas and coach Toothman and how they run a practice like they are so much better than me as a coach they're just they're experts they're absolute experts it took me about two minutes to realize like oh my gosh all these players that played for me I totally ruined them compared (laughs) to these guys they're so effective it's really really great it's been such a powerful reminder for me that i don't and no one has cornered the market on how we grow on how we grow throughout the history of the christian christian faith just like in basketball there are like established fundamentals you read your bible pray gather together like this and these are things that nearly everyone has done to learn the basics of what it means To hear the voice of God in our life. These are not bad, but they're kind of like how I coached basketball. Just the basics, just the fundamentals. But one of the things I'm learning from Coach Thomas and Coach Toothman is, who do those, they do those fundamentals. But they also recognize that each player is different. Each player is different. They show up with different gifts, different skills, different body sizes. They bring different things to the table. And each of these players need to be supported and encouraged in what they can do. In the way that the game works best for them. And that is one of the ways to try to describe what we are trying to do here together. This is why, story, as a community, storyline is really tries to encourage not just the fundamentals of faith reading the bible or personal prayer or coming together in large as a whole flock like this but also support and encourage us individually like in ways that we hear that i hear the voice of god and that you hear the voice of god and then pass that voice on to others that by the way is the definition of worship It is to value highly God. It's to value the voice of God in our life and then to share it in our own way. The Bible puts it like this. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. This, is your spiritual act of worship. So when my friends sometimes will visit from other churches, and they ask me, Mike, why don't you guys worship together on Sunday mornings? And by that, what they mean is, why don't we sing together? I always tell them the same thing. We are worshiping. We do worship together. This is our attempt to hear the voice of God and to share it. It isn't for everyone, and that's okay. This flock, as we've talked about before, is peculiar, (laughs) right? This is the plan B community. This is our team, this is how we play. It's not the only way, it's not the best way, it's just how we're trying to hear the voice of God and cultivate a, a community where we can invite people to maybe hear the voice of God for themselves. And so, for example, when my friend Bill is coaching football, that is worship for him. When my wife, Lisa, is with a group of young girls trying to give away to them her passion for volleyball and what it could mean for them in their life, she is hearing and sharing the voice of God. For my friend, Dave, when he organizes a group of guys to go ride their bikes for way too far, okay? That's worship. For Gloria, it's leading yoga classes. For Morgan, it's making art and singing. For Heather, it's preparing meals for those that she she loves. For me, it's organizing a game of basketball for guys who are way too old to still be playing basketball. (laughs) It's a form of worship. So in an effort, I think sometimes to make hearing and sharing the voice of God more, I don't know, like official, Sometimes religion has made it actually harder. If you know what I, maybe you resonate with that, maybe you don't. But they've like restricted it too much and then too many people feel left out. But each sheep is different and the Good Shepherd knows that. So when you see Wes up here playing the guitar, when Ellen is leading a small group discussion, when Greg is holding a baby in the nursery, when Sharon is balancing the books for storyline, when Patrick is on computer or Taylor or Abby is on lights, these are all practices of worship, of highly valuing God in their real everyday lives, hearing his voice and sharing his voice. That's where and how we learn to hear God's voice as we help others to hear it as well. In other words, the best form of worship is when we worship through what we do. Our work. That is our true vocation, by the way. That's, what that, that's all that word means. It means voice. That's what it is. One of my favorite writers, a man named Frederick Buechner, passed away last week at the age of 96. I was actually very sad. Because his work has meant so much to me for my entire life of following Jesus and if you've never read his work I would highly recommend any of his books to you this is how he put it there are all different kinds of voices calling you to all different kinds of work and the problem is to find out which is the voice of God rather than of society say or the super ego or self-interest The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work, A, that you need most to do, and B, that the world most needs to have done. And I love this line, it changed my life. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Love that. That is hearing the voice of God, sharing the voice of God. That is worship. That is what it means to be a sheep for the good shepherd. So let's not let religion separate the places in our life where our deep gladness meet the world's deep needs. Let's not let religion separate those two things from what they are when they come together worship worship this is a beautiful way for you to hear and share the voice of god another really cool aspect i think of this metaphor that that jesus is playing with here as, as the good shepherd is he says this i am the good shepherd because i lay down my life for my sheep now i didn't know this but shepherds did this in his time and place in a very specific way So a sheep pen is made up of these stone walls. Again, I had no idea that shepherds in that part of the world, in the time of Jesus, were themselves, literally, the gate. They were the gate. And this makes Jesus' line here, that I am the gate, not some kind of like exclusionary threat. It's actually kind of just the opposite. He's saying, to get to you, Your enemy's going to have to come through me first. Such a beautiful sentiment, such a beautiful line that shows us the nature of God, of what he's like. With this analogy, Jesus is not just telling us how to hear God's voice or to listen for it, and that he will protect us. He's also warning us that there are wolves out there. And these wolves will come to to steal, kill, and destroy, and they do that in a very specific way. They do that by separating us, by isolating us. He said, the wolf attacks and the flock scatters. This is almost always the first step in a downward spiral, to be alone, to be isolated. To know something is wrong or off or missing and to think that the best thing to do is to go off by yourself is the absolute wrong thing to do. Because when we are scattered, we are defenseless like sheep. We've talked about this before, that life is a team sport and so is the life of faith. I definitely got out of this rhythm in my life during the pandemic and I admit it. It's also difficult for me because I'm an introvert, but an essential part of hearing the voice of God and being cared for and provided for and protected by God is being together. And so it's for this very reason, that storyline, right from the very beginning, we did not want to be a community with small groups. We wanted to be a community of small groups. So this large flock all together on Sunday mornings is important, it's critical, but we all need to also sit in circles to share our lives together. And this fall, when summer winds down, post-pandemic, we're really hoping to see our community life restart again. There are some groups that are meeting right now, there are opportunities for that right now, but as the fall unfolds, we are going to make known different places, times, themes, that some groups are forming, and I would really encourage all of us to find a way to be together. Because together, we hear the voice of God better, we share the voice of God more clearly. Scattered, we're in danger. At at, at the risk of mixing metaphors this morning, what we need is each other. We need brothers and sisters to remain safe from the forces in life that are out to do us harm look we need one another that is what Jesus is trying to tell us here Jesus described us as sheep for a reason for a good reason it's not bad news, it's great news if I asked you right now to show me your favorite picture in your phone every single one of us would show us a picture of someone a person probably a group of people I mean, except for the crazy cat and dog people. Most people would show us a person, right? I'd like to, I want to close with just one last thing that Jesus brings out in this analogy that has a special place in storylines story. This is what he said. You need to know that I have other sheep in addition to those in this pen. I need to gather and bring them to you. They'll also recognize my voice. Jesus is convinced that there are so many sheep who are missing. So many people who would love him if they could hear his voice. And they don't enjoy his provision and protection in the community of the flock because they're scattered for who knows what reasons. But if if they could just hear God's voice, they'd come running. We are community committed to those who aren't here. We're community committed to those who are not here right now with us this morning. And if you want to know why we meet in a public space, or why we don't sing spiritual songs together, or take an offering, or take communion in this setting, it's not because we think anything is wrong with any of those things. There's not. But we know that those who feel excluded, that those who have been scattered often don't resonate with all of that. Some of those things get in the way, plug their ears. And this is a flock who is following a shepherd who is desperately searching for his missing sheep. And, and to stay with this mixed metaphor of the shepherd and sheep to brothers and sisters and family, we're on this mission together together Because God is much more than just our good shepherd. He is our father. We are his children. And his love and and care and compassion on us compels us to do whatever is necessary to share our good father's love with everyone, everywhere, every day. The most important thing about us it's what we think about when we think about God. And there really is something to that. If we think God is cold or distant or disinterested or a mean and moody judge, that isn't good. To, to think about God as a good shepherd or a good, good father, that's going to be much better for us. But let me be clear about something. The most important thing about you and me is not what we think about when we think about God it is what God thinks about when he thinks about us and because of Jesus through his life and death and resurrection we can be assured that when God sees us he sees a spotless beautiful lamb a child That he loves with everything that he has. With his eternal and infinite love. And I believe if we'll listen together, we will hear the love in his voice and come running to him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this time and this place. for this opportunity to be together. I'm struck this morning by how you call all of this, following you, trusting you, listening for your voice in our real lives, serving others in such a way that they may hear your voice. You call all of this, the abundant life, the life we've always wanted. Help us this morning to open up to that possibility That our life's work, our vocation is to listen for your voice and be a part of making it heard in the way we live our daily lives. Help us to see that as worship. And give us opportunities this week to live in that grace and to live out that grace as well. This morning, Father, I want to lift up the Avery family. ask that you be with them, be with my brother Keith, and I pray as we leave this morning, you would help us to grow and remain open, alert, expectant, and dependent on you. So in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for coming to us.